Welcome to the School Life Podcast and our special gifted education series, our three-part gifted education series that we're running at the moment. My name is James Meston from RHT Radio and Podcasting, joined here today by the wonderful Kirsten Maycock. She is the system coach designated to gifted education here at CESA. Thank you so much for joining us again here today, Kirsten. In the very last episode, we talked a little bit about the the new strategy um, um, around gifted education, which is the reason we're doing this series in the first place. And we also talked about the... uh, uh, and, and heard from the teachers and students at Gleason, uh, Gleason College and their gifted education program. If you want to check that out, the link is in the show notes for this episode where you can go back and listen to that episode as well. It's absolutely amazing. I thoroughly recommend it. Um, this time around, we go to a completely different geographic location and go really from secondary to primary. So we go from Gleason in the northern suburbs to Emmaus down south. Um, Kirsten, can you tell us a little bit about their program down there and what makes it um, special? What I loved about their program was they really thought about different domains of giftedness and how they were going to um, support students in the different areas. So they had art, they had maths. Um, it was And the passion that the teachers felt was, was really evident. Um, and that was something I thought, and a lot of leadership support as well. In fact, the leaders had got involved in running some programs for students and they wanted it to be sustainable. That was a big thing that came across as well. It wasn't just a one-off. They wanted this to be a new approach that Kat continued. Wonderful. Okay, well, let's hear from them. I started by asking the teaching team of Alicia, Christy and Andrea what the catalyst was that got the program started. As teachers, all of us, have this strong belief that we're there for all students. So the students that require further support, all the students that are on track, but also all these students that are ready to go further in their learning. And I think this is one thing that teachers really feel that we need to put um, more time into. Uh, You know, most teachers are up at night thinking, am I doing enough for those learners that can go beyond in their learning. What are we doing to further support the kids that are gifted, whether that be diagnosed gifted or just need further enrichment opportunities? Um, So it kind of started there and we had um, a passionate principal that was asking our our staff who else is interested in this and would like to form a little team. So Andrea, Christy and myself formed a little team um, quite a while ago and uh, we were also supported by Catholic Ed. We had Dr. Rebecca Napier oh, yes. on board as well last year. She's so awesome. Mm. Yeah, she's amazing. <laughs> um, so she, we spent like a lot of time with her looking at our policy, um, which we thought we would just kind of tick off in one, one session, but we actually realised there was a lot of work to do within that, defining what gifted education was, mm. how are we going to accelerate um, all students that need, need that support um, so, so that officially launched last year, our policy, and then um, we also did an enrichment lighthouse project with Rebecca. So that was awesome. We had teachers working alongside Dr. Rebecca Napier um, in the classroom with students from our school. So it, that was a really great place to start. So what was the first session that was held of that? So once that policy gets kicked off, so last year was when it all happened. So you'd been working on developing it for two years. Mm. That's we, a long time to be working on, yeah. a, on and, something. And we did have to spend a couple of staff meetings as well with our own staff because um, Alicia and I knew from those initial um, PD sessions that our own personal understanding of giftedness had to change. Um, in, in, what, in what way? Just in the way that we were looking at the students and 
and how how we were able to challenge them um okay. really taking away that you know giving them rather than giving them extra how do we get them to go wider oh so, yeah you know that yeah, um, yeah rather than giving them extra and oh they're a year six so we should give them year seven work um so which that is was, the which is what people seem to think is the way to yeah, do that it's that, that yeah. doogie Hauser model isn't yes. it really it's this idea of push them into university while they're still in year three yeah. so that mm-hmm. they can then you know achieve greatness but not really taking into account mm-hmm. all of the other psychosocial and things like that those other yeah. factors that are really important yep. for them and we also delved into the challenges too for those learners um that they, they come across with, um, you know, some of the characteristics and the behaviours that we might see coming through in the classroom as well. So we really did have to go back to our staff and educate them um, before and in, during that process of creating the, um, the policy because we wanted it something that our whole staff owned and valued and believed and, had, you know, came along on that journey with us. What's been sort of like for you guys the biggest challenge so far in just this early stage getting everything going? I guess, um, you know, we're all very busy as teachers and, you know, we're inspired by lots of different things out there. Um, And so the biggest challenge is having the time to implement these and also to get to as many students as possible. Um, So like last year when we started our Lighthouse project, we had one focus group. Um, which was working around enrichment in mathematics, um, which had a small group of 10 students from year two to year five. Um, So that was a really great place to start. Um, And then when we were looking at that this year, we, we thought about, okay, how can we target more students? So at the moment, we've actually got three groups happening um, across our school. So we've got an early years a year three, four, and a year five, six maths enrichment group. Um, And when do these guys kind of, how does it work in terms of timetabling? So that's one of the biggest challenges is is finding time. Um, So we currently have one of our early years teachers who takes the year one, two group. So someone from leadership releases um, that teacher. Um, So she's working with, the early years maths enrichment group. Um, I take the year three, four maths enrichment group. Um, and so that's all in class time. Um, we did think about having it after school, but you know we also acknowledge that all of these students have other curriculum, extracurricular that they're doing after school. And we didn't want it to feel like an extra, you know, we wanted it to be in that school learning time as well. Um, and then we have our year five, six group working with our principal, and assistant principal. Our first um, group, I guess they were like the guinea pigs with Dr. Rebecca, that was in class time and we felt that that model worked really well. Um, so we wanted to continue um, continue that. Um, one, thing we all, one thing that also was a challenge originally at the beginning of this year, we were thinking the year three, four group would only run for a certain point of you know a certain amount of time and then we would move on and focus on another area of our school but what we found was this little three four group you know they absolutely were thriving and really built this little community of learners together and I I went to our principal and I said look I just just 
don't think we can stop. I think we need to keep going. And um, thankfully, with her support, she said, well, hang on, Alicia, how about we look at bringing some more people in to take on those groups so that group doesn't need to end, Um, which was, you know, a real light bulb moment. And we went, yes, this is great. So um, we actually have all of those groups running at the same time. We have an art enrichment group which runs only for a term because it's after school. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes for one and a half hours. We've also um, have a, and this is one of the things that we've noticed that the enthusiasm of the staff is probably a driving force for a lot of these programs. So we've got a very talented young teacher who um, took dance for two terms and that was where the children could actually nominate to join dance. So 30 students involved in that from years three to six. And we've had the chess club as well, which started last year, which has continued on for year ones to five. And that's informally done. Um, that's been going for two terms this year. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of, that's a real, that clearly it's a really school-wide focus now on these enrichment programs and these extra things. What for you has been the highlight so far? I think for for me, it's the, the love that the children have for their learning. They, I basically teach a, a class V12s and I close the door to say goodbye to my class. I turn around, there's a back door and I've already got my art class sitting ready waiting. Wow. Um, They're just so enthusiastic (laughs) and just the focus that these children give and the love that they have towards their art and their expression of art is just amazing. I've got one of my students here today that's very keen to share his thoughts. I'm looking forward to hearing about that. It'll be great. But I think it's the, the feeling in the room. These children are passionate. This is what they love. This is what they're good at. And you just feel that and it's just so rewarding as a teacher. There's no behavioural issues. The children are, yeah. um, there are times, particularly for us, that it's just dead quiet as they're focused on something new that they're doing. And I think that's what I'm finding with the maths groups as well, that I've got some students that went today and they're just so excited. You see the pitter-patter of feet as they run off to do their, their maths group. Um, another program that we're also running um, that we started last year was that we joined the Children's University oh, yeah. um, program, um, which I've been facilitating, and that has just been amazing. Um, it's certainly open to all students um, to take on that opportunity from year four to year six, um, not just directed at those um, highly able learners, but um, you can see those students that want to take their learning further outside of the classroom. They they're learning extra things outside, they're going above and beyond and they've just got that drive to want to keep learning, keep soaking it in, keep extending themselves um, and it's just a catalyst for them to, to do that um, and it's just amazing to see them and their families joining too. Um, yeah, they're, they're, they're amazing. So, yeah, this is an area that we've put a lot of time into um, this year and also started with Rebecca as well, was actually looking at obviously students that have that gifted diagnosis, but also we have, you know, those highly able students that are in our classrooms and, you know, teachers know their students well. They know exactly who these people are, but rather than just looking at a teacher recommendation, let's get the data out, let's have a look um, so we can compare across classes to make sure we we are... Um, you know, making those decisions with with the data informing us rather than our personal opinions. Um, so that's been really beneficial um, because obviously we've been trying to keep these groups um, to 
to a certain number so that um, so they're really high, highly successful. Um, so we have our identification identification checklist that we go through and we've had some staff meetings together where we've worked through that and and teachers in their little units come together and and um, collaborate over deciding who those groups are so that's another way we've got the whole staff involved as well and how they can see what's happening in our school and what do they say this the, when when you sort of have these staff meetings and you collaborate with staff like what's the vibe that you get from them about how they feel about these programs taking place were any of them skeptical to start with about it being an important thing to do i don't think so at no. all no, no absolutely no. not i think they're um genuinely excited because um you know as teachers we are trying to do our best for all those students in our class and to have these programs offered in our school to say, look, um, you know, that person, let's have a look at their data. Oh, yes, let's let's ha have a look at joining them in the maths enrichment. You know, that's ticking a box for them that, yes, they have something to participate in and, and help them with their learning right where it needs to be. Mm. So, no, there hasn't been eg any negative um, feedback from staff. They're actually quite excited that we can help support their students too. Yeah. Um, because we're, you know, we're a village all together, not just that individual teacher with those that class. It's the responsibility of the whole staff um, to support all the students at Emmaus Catholic School. And that's a big push from our principal, Sue Budge. She's yep. very much about we are responsible for every child in our school. Um, we work as a team. Um, I know Aaron, who's here talking today, comes to my class for mathematics um, and I work in collaboration with his um, classroom teacher, um, sharing information from his maths you know we help we write his report um so it is a it's very much it's very you know there can be bumps along the way but we're just at Emmaus we know that we're all working together um for that shared common goal right back at the beginning we started a staff list which we we have a list of all the students who we feel might be um, considered for some of these programs. So um, yeah, so here we just have a master list that um, sort of often will pop up in staff meeting and can everyone have a look at it? Andrea is very good at driving that and asking everyone to have a look at the list, um, see who needs to be updated, added to the list. Um, we've got sort of a list of all the, all the areas um, that we might need to extend our students in. And we're looking um, at um, identifying their strengths and we're still excited probably next year to be looking at literacy and English and that would be a new area to go into. Um, I actually was inspired by looking at art and if we look at someone very gifted, it would be Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, he's pretty good. Very much he? into to the STEM-based. STEM <laughs> yes, very much into STEM, yes. <laughs> so um, I moved away from the, the sort of the... the um, maths and the um, more traditional ways, I guess, sciences um, of addressing giftedness and felt that art had an important place, but it was very, very hard as far as assessment. So I'll just um, read what I said to the, to the teachers, that they had to choose children that could demonstrate well the visual elements of line, shape, form, colour and tone, pattern and rhythm, texture and spatial awareness. And that was just open for the interpretation for the, the teachers. And in the first year, we had 14 students. Last year, now we're 20 students. We've just um, started with Kirsten and we've she's come out, kindly come out to Emmaus and, and seen where we're at. And then she's also thrown all these great ideas mm. at us too. So, 
She's you know, opened a lot of doors yeah, for us already. Yeah, she has. Um, like what? What, for instance? The um, what was the one? She's We've invited got- some students to come along to. I, don't, I can't remember what it's called, but there were just like, she just kept throwing all these things. Have you guys tried this? Mm. Um, did you know there's a hub group that meets at Concordia? Or there's just a lot of things that were like, oh, we didn't know about all of those things. So, mm. um, yeah, just finding what, what else is out there that we don't know about that we can explore. That was our biggest question for her is mm. this is what we're doing. What else can we do? What is out there? Um, and as teachers, we're just so get stuck in reinventing the wheel and everyone's doing their own thing. You know, how is there a hub? Is there a way that we can get together and share what we're doing and then, you know, say, hey, what are you doing? What could we add to, to our repertoire too? So, What's well, the most, like, uh, you know, the, the most obvious thing that would always happen in any educational institution is you get siloed because that's your world. Yeah. The students are your world. The school is your world. Yep. So um, you've, I guess it really does help when you have people from outside who mm. are, like, looking across the entire spectrum of everything. Oh, I noticed that this school's doing this or yep. this places putting that on and that's the whole thing like that to be able to do that so to be out those connections it's really valuable yeah, yeah and it's you know it's 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 about the talents that you have of your own staff too you know we're Andrea with her art and we've got some dance teachers and um, says with his chess mind you know we've got we're able to tap into the the talents of our own staff members too to really um, drive a lot of these things so you know as your ch- as your staff change you know there might be a new a new passion that joins joins the team too I then got the opportunity to chat with Year 5 student Lucas, Year 4 student Aaron and Elias from Year 2 to get a sense of what the program looks like from their perspective. I started by asking Lucas what kind of activities they would typically do. Uh, We do like games where we have to like add certain numbers, like we can use multiplication, division, subtraction, addition all those to make a certain number and we get four numbers on these little cards and we have to try to make a certain number with those. Okay, so it's like it's like a game, really. Yeah. yeah, but like a maths game. What was the very first time you ever went into one of these sessions? Do you remember the very first one that you went to? Uh, probably last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe term, start of term <coughs> three. Okay. How was that different from uh, like a normal maths lesson for you? Uh, it was different because it was like less book stuff and more like hands-on activities. Okay. Is that, is that a good thing? Yeah. Yeah? Why is that better? Um, mainly because it's more fun and you don't really notice that you're learning as much as when you're in the classroom. Yeah, right. So did you feel that it was more um, the, the what you were learning in that class was just kind of like more where you were at, like in terms of the things that you could do? Did you feel that when you were in your other class that you're kind of like going, yeah, I can kind of do all this stuff? Yeah, I did yeah? feel like that, yeah. And what does that feel like when, you, when you're in a maths class and you go, I can kind of do all that? What's the sort of feeling that it gives you? Um, it sort of gives me pride. Like I can get through it really easily and I know I can finish it, but then I'm... Like, it's kind of too easy and I just find that I need a much bigger extension. So what do you feel like maybe beyond outside of just getting better at maths, what do you think being involved in this group has has done for you besides that, do you think? Do you think it's kind of changed you at all as a person? Maybe a little bit. It's helped me, um, my teamwork. 
Like, I can work together with other people in a team much easier than I could beforehand. Talk a bit about um, uh, doing the maths extension stuff. Like for you, what was your very first session like when you first went in there? How was it different from you from a normal maths class? Um, it, I found it a lot more challenging than normal maths classes. And I found it like quite fun because the other ones I wasn't learning like that much. But like in these ones, I'm learning quite a bit. Okay. So do you remember the very first class that you went into? Was it a bit nervous going into the first one? Um, yeah. I would be nervous going, like when you get into a new, especially when you know, oh, I've kind of been picked out of a group here and they've mm -hmm. said, oh, I'm going to do really well. So you kind of want to go, oh, I kind of have to do well, don't yeah. you? Does it feel a bit like that, a bit nerve wracking? Yeah. And how long was it in before in the group when you went, oh, no, actually, this is this is okay. This will be all right. Um, like maybe the second lesson. Okay. And what was there anything in particular that made you go, oh, I feel a lot more relaxed about this now, a bit more confident? Um, probably that most of my friends were there to help me as well. Okay, cool. And for you, what's been the most fun thing about uh, doing the class? Um, probably working with my friends and trying to like help it and like trying to help each other work out equations and stuff. So teamwork is a big part of this, isn't it? Because quite often in um, um, like school classrooms and stuff, when you're working on your maths, you're doing it kind of on your own. Yeah. Um, but when you're in this group, it sounds like you're doing everything as a part of a team. Do you think that that's important, that that's really a good thing to do? Yeah, I think that that's a good thing. Why do you think teamwork is so important? Um, because like sometimes if you might not be able to do something by yourself, you have someone there to support you as well. Wonderful. Like, if you do need help. It's a bit weird seeing like kids like quite a bit older than me because I'm actually meant to be in year three mm. um, and it was quite weird. And how do you find the maths that you do in that class? I find it a lot more challenging than the maths I'd normally mm. do. In a good way or yeah, in, in a, a difficult way? way? Yeah, yeah like good I'm way. What do you mean by a good way? Like I'm learning a lot more and um, yeah, I'm like learning some <laughs> stuff that I've never learnt before. Do you have any kind of... Um, aspirations I guess sort of like ambition about maybe where you want to end up with your maths like where you'd like to go with it um, I'd like to be an engineer when I'm older when I had my session today mm -hmm. um, we were um, we had some envelopes with some numbers on them mm -hmm. and there were two other numbers inside that would equal to that number and we we had a piece of paper in our group and we had to try and figure out as many ways that we could get to 26 um, as we could and then when the time was up we could open the envelope and it was 20 plus 20 and 6 mm-hmm and then we had that sum on the piece of paper. And how, like you, you say that and it makes my brain hurt because that sounds very, very complicated having to come up with that. Is that something that you're good at? Yeah. It is. Okay. So does it feel like something that you're going, yep, um, being in this group is a, is a good place for me to be? Yeah. Yeah. So you feel like, talk, talk to me a bit about that. Do you really feel like it's a place that um, that, that other people, you know, that, that have similar skills to you can kind of get yeah. together and work together? Yeah.
So I drew like a little dragon in a nest mm -hmm. with a sun on top of it. And it was a um, fire dragon smiling. Okay. And what was it about that picture that you thought was, was so good? What did you what what did you get what what sort of things did you really kind of really nail in that picture that really were were awesome? The scales. <laughs> the scales, they're tough to get because they're really fine and um, lots of detail, aren't they? Yeah. That's lovely. What's been your favourite part about doing this um this art enrichment program? Meeting others and painting to get ideas from them. Okay. What sort of ideas have you got from other people? Um, maybe shading. Okay. Is shading hard to do? Yeah. Enrichment at Emmaus will just keep growing. Um, we certainly are not at the finish line. We've got so much more work to go. And um, But I think the vibe, the buzz that's coming from us in our school, you know, more people are happy to jump on board and be involved. And you can't help but when you work with these students that are really enjoying their learning and really pushing themselves and you know feeling that genuine frustration and then you know working together to overcome that um, you can't help but want to do more thanks to students lucas aaron and elias and gifted education teachers at emmaus alicia christy and andrea for coming into the studio and giving us an insight into what gifted education looks like in their school community. If you want to hear the other episodes in the 2024 Gifted Education series or get more information about Caesar's new gifted education strategy, check out the show notes for this episode. All the links are there. This episode was produced by me, James Meston, for ArchD Radio and Podcasting on behalf of Catholic Education South Australia. Thanks for listening.